Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on Article 8 of the Augsburg Confession, What the Church Is. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bowe, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. Yes, welcome to another episode. We're walking through uh, the New Testament. The whole thing. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Right. This is our New Testament <laughs> yes, survey. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we've been talking about the church, and uh, we've chosen a handful of New Testament passages to think through, help us think through it in light of uh, our discussion on the Augsburg Confession and talking about the church. Yep. What Article the church eight. is. That what dangling, the church is. Dangling is at the end. Is that a, is that a dangling participle? No. No, because... No, it's a predicate well, nominative. I'm not an I, I am not an English person. <laughs> I yeah. am an English person. No, we're not speaking in tongues. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's as close as I'm going to come anyway. But yeah, it's uh, it's an important discussion because, yeah, as we mentioned last episode, so much of the discussion surrounding what the church is right now has nothing to do with actual scripture. Uh, some sometime, and maybe it goes back further, and, and we don't want to have recency bias, but it seems like sometime in the 21st century, everyone just corporately decided to treat the church like a business. Hmm. And, and like an organization. And, and what we end up with are pastors as CEOs or visionary leaders instead of shepherds. Uh, we end up with uh, the gospel message being a sales pitch. Uh, we end up with programs. Full of bait and switch. Yeah, bait and switch. Yeah. Well, and you, you end up with the churches fo- focused on programs to increase productivity. And I'm not intentionally trying to be alliterative there, but but that's what's going on. It's There's so much corporate speak and corporate behavior in the church. It's really a good thing every so often, which is why we have the Augsburg Confession in the first place, to go back, look at what God's word actually says to take the truth of God's word and to apply it to our lives today because God's truth is universal. It's objective. It applies all the time for everyone always. And so if we uh, are studying doctrine, if we're studying the truth of God from his word, we should find immediately and, you know, to our shame when it's surprising that it's always relevant. It's always ready uh, to lead and guide our our thoughts, words, and actions. Amen. Yeah. And and part of that is you know, you come back to the scriptural motifs or pictures of what the church is, and it, far from being a business, we're we're just a, a pen full of sheep with the, the shepherd. Well, and, and this is where it's really important to rightly divide God's word, because I'm telling you, there are so many churches that want to just kind of make it fit their own little ideology or their own mold. And I agree with you, Jason. I think a lot of consumerism has infected uh, how church and church polity and church models have developed over the years. And I think the older I get, the more I just want that simple a simple church where we just get back to scripture again. And, and as we look at these passages, um, in light of, of the confessions, we are rightly dividing these passages. And um, if you find that you're in a church and you're listening to this mm-hmm. podcast that, that is kind of contrary to what we're talking about, 
you might want to ask yourself and the Lord, you know, what do I do? <laughs> what do I need to do? And and I think that it's uh, okay to ask that question and to return back to Scripture. And, and in doing that, we also want you, you know, if you, you find yourself in this position, reach out to your pastor, ask him how you can support him. And, you know, we, we've been consistent the entire, you know, we're 193 episodes into this podcast now. We don't just want you to flee. But if you get to a point where your pastor or your congregation refuses to preach the gospel, refuses to apply the congregation, that is grounds for leaving a congregation. But but so often, uh, our congregations have pastors that need to be supported. They need mm-hmm. to be encouraged. They need to be strengthened and upheld. Uh, and, and maybe that's selfish of us, of pastors, uh, to say, but... We have this unique perspective where right. we, a, we see what's happening around us. Yeah, we see what's happening around us, and and for those of us who are supported by their congregations, it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 life giving for pastors to be supported by the people God has called them to care for. And it's amazing how that encouragement can yield uh, a shepherd, small s, uh, who is extremely excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As we jump into John 10 here, uh, another thing I maybe I just call I need to get off my chest here is picture of God's people as sheep is, yes, it's a, it's a term of endearment. It's a heartwarming thing. It's not necessarily meant to be a compliment. No. 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 Sheep are Sheeple. dumb things. I spent several <laughs> days on a, a sheep farm with a sheep herder, and uh, I was amazed, and I remember about halfway through the first day, I'm like, Lord, I am so sorry that I am this stupid. <laughs> I I have raised sheep. Uh, my dad, when I was in high school and in junior high, went through a uh, Calvin and Hobbes phase where he acted as Calvin's dad mm-hmm. to me, and everything was a character-building exercise. So we did a couple of years where we had a couple of sheep, and those creatures were were so frustrating and and they would imperil themselves mm-hmm. uh, we lived in the north dakota i mean North Dakota has got to be one of the safest places to live. Other than winter, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's almost no danger whatsoever to living in North Dakota. And, and the amount of time I rescued those sheep, uh, you know, they would get themselves wedged in between the wires <laughs> of mm-hmm. the of the electric fence. Yep. And, you know, just stupid things. If you want a picture of what sheep are like, I, this will be my last off-topic thing. If you want a picture of what sheep are like, look up Christian comedian Ken Davis. Mm. He has an entire bit, it's from the 80s, but he has an entire bit of raising a sheep on a farm. Mm. And, and if you can find the one I'm talking about, I guarantee you will die laughing. I know. Mm-hmm. And then there was another video that someone sent me where the sheep attacked Turned the shepherd. shepherd. Yeah, I remember that's that. a YouTube video. Yeah. Oh my word. And uh, that happens. And yep. it's happened to me. It's happened to pastors I know. And so I really appreciate what you said there, Jason, because there has to be encouragement. But at the same time, encouragement doesn't mean staying in a church that isn't preaching biblical Christianity. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's read the John 10 passage and uh, hear about the good shepherd, the great shepherd here. All right, John 10. Capital S. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. 
When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I try to do my best Josh <laughs> Skogerbo impersonation. <laughs> super, super duper inside, inside baseball. baseball. Shout out to our mutual friend, Josh Skogerbo, who had to read uh, John 10, 10, John 10, 10 on the CD of one of our national <laughs> youth gatherings in CD. the AFLC. And, uh, I'm not able to read John 10, 10 without hearing Josh Gogerbo's voice. Yes. Not mm. even a possibility. So, uh, Josh, if you're listening, God bless you. We love you, brother. <laughs> um, uh, amen. Oh, this, I love. There's a lot of, lot here. Love yeah. this passage. And, and, and I think where I want to start and what we've got to get out of the way here is a, it's a common misconception and a distortion. And it's a really unfortunate distortion. We have presented in, obvious terms, the importance of the voice of God or the mm-hmm. word of God to the people of God. This is the church, right? The The church gathers around the word of God. That's one of the ways we classify our Sunday morning services, mm-hmm. right? American Christianity, generic American Christianity has twisted this passage so that we equate the voice of God with the internal voice of God. That we know the voice of God and we are being led directly by the inner working of God inside hmm. of us. That's in, in, We've turned this into an enthusiasm passage. As opposed to an extra nose uh, outside, outside of us. Of us. Yep. But the church gathers around the external yep. audible word of God. The shepherd is actually speaking and the sheep actually hear the voice of God, and the sheep hear the voice of God in such a way that they can distinguish his voice from any other voices. Mm. The problem with the internal voice of God is that we as sinners are not always capable of discerning the internal voice of God from our own selfish, lustful Mm -hmm. voice Mm. that leads us to do what we want to do to justify our sinful desires. And so... I was going to say, that's not how shepherds and sheep work no, it's not. In nature or out in the she- uh, field. I can probably tell you, I've heard it talked about the internal voice of God. You'll know God is speaking to you because you're his sheep ah. at least a half a dozen times on ah. this passage and even in our own denomination. Sure. And it has to be an audible voice of God. And It's like a the force, like a Star Wars. Well, it's, it's, it's always that because yeah. we're always addicted to ourselves. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, the image that is laid out before us, as I understand it, and I didn't refresh my, my you know, ancient Middle Eastern shepherding practices. I didn't pull out that, ma- that, that Owner's manual. <laughs> but the way I've heard this taught and, and the way I've taught it myself is that in a small agrarian rural society 2,000 years ago when Jesus was giving this image is at night you have this communal sheep pen where several farmers mm-hmm. bring their sheep into a mass 
sheep pen. And then there are like under shepherds, the gatekeepers who are who aren't even the actual shepherds, sit at the open gate at night and they keep watch. They mm-hmm. you know, watch for wolves and lions and tigers and bears. Oh, oh my. my. Um, <laughs> and but, Vikings. But when the shepherd comes in Vikings, <laughs> the marauders from the north. NFC North. <laughs> Well, we brought up bears, and since, and since he's from, yeah, from, yeah, from Chicago, oh, right. of course, that's exactly where Brett's yeah. mind went. Yeah. So, sorry, so, the bears, the bears. We're in football season. 193 episodes in a row. We have alienated our non-sports fan listeners. Good it's, a, it's an impressive streak. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll write that down on our sheet. Put that the tally says, mark. Yeah. But but what would happen then? Again, as I've been taught, is that when the morning dawns, the shepherd comes in, mm-hmm. and he has a specific call for his sheep, and then his sheep, among all the other sheep follow him out to pasture right okay it has to be an audible voice it has to be one they rec- yep. they they recognize and they follow and sheep won't follow someone they don't recognize they're terrified they're scared of everything uh, sheep are the most helpless creatures on the face of the planet they've been d- domesticated for millennia now they don't know how to exist in the wild uh, <laughs> i I, I saw this picture on on Facebook or Twitter a couple of months ago. It was a picture of this sheep that had not been shorn in weeks and weeks, and there was like a predator trying to kill it, and there was just literally so much wool on it, it couldn't, <laughs> couldn't find anything to wound. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the principle of God's word yeah. in John ten. It's not God speaking to you, right? directly inside yeah. your heart and mind and you know you just know. know when god is leading I, i'm you. just drawn to some of the you know growing up kind of in the country hearing i mean this is, doesn't apply to sheep but hearing the the call for cats to come get your food like here kitty kitty yeah. you know there's yeah. that with the milk here kitty, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or with pigs you know Sweet. yeah yes yeah, exactly <laughs> there's that audible loud and just the right pitch of voice and yep. and all the animals come or, or even for the the farmhands, you know, when when the the house mother calls out, "Come and get it!" You got right. the bell, or yeah. everyone stops what they're doing. And I've been a part of that Careful, too. Careful, I'm, I'm going to get hungry here. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about food, that's what we do best. But yeah, it's it's the external voice of God, and and then probably the other big truth we need to pull out of this is that there are threats and imposters. Mm-hmm. You know that the significant teaching for the church yeah. is possible to follow the wrong shepherd. You know, it's we. Uh, this goes back to you know the sheep need to have that right shepherd, and they're you know the thieves are coming over the side of the walls, and and they're not trying to help you be a better you; they're trying to destroy you. Right. You know these competing messages with the word of God, which is why the church needs to be a safe haven. Right, the the people of God gathered around the Word of God in the house of God as the picture of the church mm-hmm. is how we are sustained in our faith. It's how we are protected. It's how the Good Shepherd, the Great Shepherd, the capital S Shepherd, mm-hmm. leads through his under shepherds. Mm-hmm. And it's how you know when your shepherd is not doing his job. It's because he's not leading with the Word of God as the Word of God is presented in Scripture. Yeah, and so you, the wolf snatches them, you know, and as it says in, in the following verse, and it talks about that whole idea that there, there is going to be false 
small s shepherds that tried to lead people astray. And that happens within the church and happens outside of the church. And that's why it's so important to be focused upon the teaching of the apostles, uh, rightly dividing God's word. And this is where um, healthy doctrine really comes into play. And I think that there are many churches in America that are like, well, we don't need to talk to doctrine. Oh, they'll say, make that statement. Oh, we don't need doctrine. We just want Jesus, which is an absolutely absurd statement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous is what it is. That was a and, doctrinal statement. Yeah. And so <laughs> we, we have to get back to the reality that doctrine is Jesus. Jesus is doctrine. And to rightly divide that doctrine is to then present the word and the sacraments in a way that honors Christ. Well, doctrine, and the way I teach it, just so that people can object to it, is the truth of God from his word. That's Amen. all doctrine yep, is. Exactly. It's, 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 it's reorganized or restated in mm-hmm. a way we can understand it and, and put it in a proper order. But, you know, so, so many people think doctrine is this sterile academic exercise. And, you know, that's a lot closer to how many angels can dance on the head of a pin or, mm-hmm. or things like that. It's, it's you know, when, when people start importing these abstract theories. Yeah, that's philosophy and theory. Yeah, that's philosophy. And it's, it's, that's not doctrine. No, there's it's not. There's a difference. Yep. And, and it's not to say philosophy is bad all the time, but there's we make that distinction. And, and to your end, Brian, when you identified that there, there are people come and they'll, they'll not teach consistently, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll you know, be false teachers. The other thing they do, if they're not predators themselves, is that when the real threats come against the church, when the real threats come against the sheep, against the people of God, they will flee. That's mm-hmm. what the very next verse says in verse 12. The hired hand, when he sees the wolf coming, he saves himself. Mm-hmm. He, and, and how many pastors today, rather than stand up mm. to the zeitgeist of the time in the ways of the world, when it comes time to being risk losing your public profile or standing for the truth, have these sudden revelation from God, mm. quote unquote, and suddenly God teaches exactly what the world wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm. How many times has that happened? Those are the false shepherds. Those are the false teachers. Those are the ones who are putting their sheep in peril because that is the quickest way to rob people of the gospel and lead them down the road of damnation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Preach your brother. Yeah. And I love too how Jesus says we have a couple of these I am statements here of I am the door, I am the great shepherd. It's like Jesus is, he's being part of this whole picture here. And we see Christ uh, throughout this whole imagery of the sheep and the shepherd. Well, and it even goes right back to, to Exodus. And in the first Exodus, yeah. uh, Yahweh, the I am I that am. I am. And yep. Jesus is ascribing, if there's any doubt here, don't be, don't have any doubt. He is ascribing that he is that same Yahweh mm-hmm. that led the first Exodus. And he is here to lead the second Exodus and establish his church. Yep. And he's explaining what that looks like in real time. Yeah, yes. And, so, and, and in language that people could understand. Exactly. It's uh, it's so interesting that God or Jesus would co-opt the name of God to do that because it, it really explains the nature of God as we are introduced to God in Genesis 1, 1, and 2. Mm-hmm. And then as God gives Moses his name in Exodus 3 is I am who I am or I will be who I will be. In the two things we learn about God from his name is that he exists mm-hmm. and that he acts. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly mm-hmm. the image of God that Jesus captures in his incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God exists. Here I am in flesh and blood. Yeah. And this is what I do as God. And he lovingly reveals himself through 
his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's just a beautiful thing. Cause in John, you just go right back to ch- chapter one, verse 18, that no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the father's side, he has made the triune God known. Jesus reveals God and his plan of salvation and makes it available to any and all. And that is really, truly the message of the gospel. But he is also establishing his church and that wonderful promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against it is absolutely applicable even here. Well, it's, it's incredibly uh, applicable because you have the gate imagery mm-hmm. and you have, so you, even if you just take the theology just of John and the remarkable consistency with which John develops his narrative mm-hmm. in the gospel of John, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus identified as God and then the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. That's John 1, 14. Mm-hmm. So Jesus takes that then the image here in John 10 is that, okay, I am God, I am here in the flesh and I am the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we know about the nature of God is that he is the one through whom salvation comes. Well, yeah. even in verse 11, as it says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. That's why David was such a powerful image, because as a boy, he went after bears and lions who protected the sheep. And I think that a lot of times when we think about being a David after a man after God's own heart, I think it has more to do with that, that before he was a king, he was a shepherd. And he was a shepherd that really pointed forward to Christ. Well, and, and so you have the image of David building from conquering lion and bear, like he says to Saul, mm-hmm. to then that is David's basis for stepping out in faith mm-hmm. and defeating Goliath. And Goliath is probably the purest image in the Old Testament of imputation. Yeah. And so God as good shepherd, Jesus Christ as good shepherd, mm-hmm. again, isn't an abstraction and it isn't a picture of a leader. Mm-hmm. It's a picture of someone who lays his life down. The shepherd is the one who takes care of the enemies of the flock. The shepherd is the one who's responsible for feeding the flock mm-hmm. and caring for the flock. And, and the whole life of the sheep is encompassed by the quality of the shepherd. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like. And yeah. and this Jesus, as God in the flesh, identifying that this is the nature of the triune God, these are remarkable statements. And then we stop, we return to the original premise. It's like, oh, this is the nature of the church. Yeah. This is who God is for us in the church. And then it's it's right. both really clear and really humbling for us as pastors. Yeah. This is the work that we partake of as yep. under shepherds. And that's really comforting for us as pastors mm. and mm. as people that we're in good hands. We're in great, great hands. Oh, my word. As messed up as we are. We're yeah. in good hands oh, with no, Jesus. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good place to end. <laughs> I would like to read a couple verses down uh, in the same chapter, verses 14 through 16. I think it's so applicable because I'm not Jewish, but yet I am because Christ is in me. So here we go. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them in also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion on Article 8 of the Augsburg Confession, What the Church Is. God bless you and have a great week.